It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 3rd, 2018. My name is Phil Prosman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Kind of a light day on the podcast today. We're not going to talk about a whole lot. No basketball action yesterday, of course, with the NCAA tournament finishing up. A congratulations to the Villanova Wildcats. While you did not deliver me the tournament bracket challenge victory I had hoped for when I picked you to win the national championship, that part is on me. Congratulations to Villanova, the national champions, a very deserved national champion, and a team that's going to have a, that's going to have a lot of guys that we'll be interested in when we get into draft study after the season. I'm not going to talk too much about the prospects or any more about the prospects uh, in the draft until the season ends. We'll have plenty of time to get into them between the time the season ends and the time that we get to the NBA draft lottery on May 14th, the NBA draft combine right after that, and of course the NBA draft in June. So a long way to go before we get into that. On today's show, we're going to do some odds and ends. I've got some notes that I want to get to, including Grant Hill's Hall of Fame induction or nomination. I guess it'll be induction now. Uh, the new jerseys that'll possibly be coming out next season. And then, of course, um, I, I want to just say a couple quick words about uh, tanking. Um, I, I've, I've said it a few times on here. I, I feel like I, I, I get into a lot of arguments about it. So I just want to kind of lay back out my approach to things, especially in light of uh, the comments that I made on yesterday's show uh, of Locked On Magic when I talked a little bit about where the Magic are at and, and what the Magic are doing right now that just frustrates me to no end. But I'll... I'll shed some light on on my perspective and my thoughts uh, later on in the show. But I want to start today by previewing Tuesday's game against the New York Knicks, Orlando, finishing up its penultimate road trip as they take on the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. They were snowed in for most of the day, I imagine. Uh, Probably not snowed in, but, um, you know, hopefully Nikola Vucevic was able to take Jonathan Isaac out uh, shopping for some suits there. Uh, I know that's something that they wanted to get done while they were up in New York. Uh, but um, the Magic taking on the New York Knicks, uh, you know, this is another game in a string of games, and it's it's been a real, real string of games since the Phoenix game, uh, where the Magic are playing teams that that simply do not have much to play for this year. Um, the Knicks, like the Magic, have kind of gone into coast mode since the Kristaps Porzingis injury. They're twenty-seven and fifty. Orlando's twenty-two and fifty-four. They are, have a 104.1 offensive rating, a 108.6 defensive rating for the entire season. 
since the All-Star break, it's not better. It's In fact, the Knicks are a worse team since the All-Star break in, in terms of net rating, a 105.4 offensive rating, a 114.8 defensive rating. Um, this is a team that... Uh, I, I, there's a photo that went around. They had one of their assistant coaches suit up to practice with them because most of their players are playing for the Westchester Knicks in the G League playoffs right now. They had a second-round game against the Ra- against Raptors 905 on Monday. Um, this is this, These are two bad teams. If you're, if you're tuning in at 7.30 to watch the Magic play the Knicks, you're going to see some bad basketball. That 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 is literally all I can tell you. You are going to see some awful basketball played I I can't dance around that that's what it's going to be that's what it's going to look like that's what you're going to tune in for Um, the Magic could be without Jonathan Isaac he's questionable after he rolled his other ankle not the ankle he injured in November rolled his other ankle late in the game against Atlanta he played through it Um, and so there's perhaps hope that he can play but obviously the Magic have been very cautious with him um, throughout the season, and while they want to get him minutes, while they want to get him as much exposure as possible, uh, at least within the minute restrictions that the medical team is giving them, they're not going to risk any long-term injury to get him out there for this kind of a game. And frankly, I can't blame them for that. Um, it, you know, at this point, I, I really don't know how to predict what we're going to see in any of these games. Um, you know, the Magic have one more game against a really bad team, at least a team that's kind of in the same spot as the Magic are in Dallas on Wednesday. So the strange back-to-back at New York, home versus Dallas, will wrap up this string of games against teams in the tank race. And and if you're into tanking, the Magic have done beautifully in this. They they beat Phoenix uh, and to start this this string off, um, but they've lost to Brooklyn, they've lost to Chicago, they've lost to Atlanta, and now they get New York and Dallas, two teams that are very much. Uh, in the thick of things, on on the wrong side of the standings. Um, you know, the things that I'd like to see in this game. I I don't even think it's worth talking about the Knicks. Sorry, it's not that I don't I don't think the Knicks are worth talking about. It's that, uh, as I've said, every single game for really the last two months, um, it, it's more about what the Magic do and less about what the other team does. And Orlando's offense has been abysmal since the All Star break. A ninety eight point six offensive rating um, since the All Star break. It's probably been worse since Evan Fournier and Jonathan Simmons both went out. The Magic just have not been able to discover any offensive spark. They're struggling to hit 90 points on a lot of nights. Um, they're keeping themselves in the game. Their defense is actually, I ran the numbers since the All-Star break, about league average. So the defense is keeping them in games, but not to the point where you have confidence that they're going to win the game. I mean, I think at this point, you know, the Magic offense is so abysmal that it, it, does, it really doesn't matter what, what they do. And so... You know, this will dovetail into what I'm going to talk about toward the end of the show, but, you know, really the things I want to see from the Magic in this game, play hard, just just play with a lot of energy, play with a lot of effort, you know, get after loose balls, get after it in transition, don't get discouraged by missed shots because you're going to miss them. Um, though that the team you're playing is going to give you a chance to climb back in the game if you just have a little bit of spark and a little bit of aggression, and I think that's what we've seen against Chicago and what we've seen against Atlanta when the Magic take control of the game, when they, they do play with a little bit of aggression, they give themselves a chance to beat these teams. They're they're still, I think, the the better team. I, I mean, if, if, you, if you put me down in a simulator on 2K or something with this Magic roster versus this Knicks roster, I'm probably taking the Magic um, if, if these guys play to their capabilities. Problem is the Magic haven't really done that for the last week, week and a half. 
Um, you know, I, I want to believe, like, the beginning of the Atlanta game, it looked like, oh, the Magic are playing there. We're pissed off. We lost a game we shouldn't have lost type game. And I thought they were going to blow the doors off of Atlanta, get their one win, and, and everyone would be happy, or at least I'd be happy. Everyone would be frustrated, and I'd have to say, you know, this is just one win. They don't do it consistently. Just just let them have it and then move on. Um, the Magic could still have that game. Uh, everyone is capable of that game. Um, but Orlando's got to play that well. I mean, you know, they, they got they've got to they've got to do it. It's not something that's just going to happen. It's got to be them. Orlando's brought decent energy early on in games. When shots stop falling, the energy dissipates. The second unit's been hit or miss. Um, when the second unit clicks, I think the first unit comes back in and plays well. When the second unit misses, I think the first unit comes back in and just kind of goes through the motions. So the big thing for me right now, don't go through the motions. Play with some energy. I, I would. I wish, I really wish that Frank Vogel would take out guys who aren't playing with the proper energy. He's got guys on his bench like Kem Birch, like Rodney Purvis, like Jamel Artis, who I think will get after it. Will, you know, may not have the talent to necessarily beat most teams that will play with the energy that you need to see from the team right now. And hopefully that spreads to everyone else. The other thing I want to see tonight against the Knicks, I want to see Aaron Gordon bounce back. He's had two bad offensive games in a row. Um, games where he kind of looked pat, you know, where he just wasn't efficient, wasn't effective. Um, tried to take over too much against Chicago. Didn't take over enough against Atlanta. I want to see him lead the charge. Um, you know, I think one of the big problems the Magic have just in general, is just a general lack of leadership on the court. Um, it's not not a point guard thing. It's not a oh you know they they need a they need a point guard. They need a floor general. No, it's 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 a guy that kind of sets the standard um, for the team. And again, I'll I'll talk about this. This all dovetails into 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 what I'm going to talk about a little bit later on uh, on the show today. So play with effort, play with energy. You know, don't go through the motions here. Uh, and and I want to see Aaron Gordon step up to the plate. I want to see him really begin to say, this is my team and we're going to, you know, I'm not going to let this team dip below a certain level uh, and, and I'm going to get after it and try and get everyone else to, to come up to my level and, you know, you know, you know, frankly, embarrass some guys, maybe embarrass, you know, someone who isn't playing so hard, call them out, be, you know, someone's got to be a leader on this team. And so I want to see Aaron Gordon. I don't know if that's ultimately his role, but this is his team now. Um, you know, lo- I love you, Nick. I love you, Nikola Vucevic. But this ain't your team. This is Aaron Gordon's team now. Evan Fournier's gone. Jonathan Simmons is gone. Someone has to take that mantle. And-, and I want it to be Aaron Gordon. And and you know, maybe this isn't the. the- I think this is the time to start doing it. I really do. Uh, so that'll be that. Uh, the Magic take on the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden at seven thirty. The game's on Fox Sports Florida. You can also catch it, of course on Fox Sports Go if you're outside of the broad, of the viewing area as well as on and on NBA League Pass. Um, Magic and Knicks over at the Garden as uh, the season slowly, slowly, and mercifully winds down. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move! Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. 
TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Uh, so just some odds and ends I want to I want to tie up here. Um, uh, some interesting news news items that that I want to get to. I'll start with the jerseys first. Um, according to Conrad Brewery of SportsLogos.net, uh, the go my go to place for logos for for uh, jersey information. He likes he likes the kind of the design minutia of of the league and of of all sports leagues. It's his, his logo database is fantastic. Um, but the the Orlando Magic are slated as I think was expected and, and I think previously reported. But the Orlando Magic are slated to be one of the teams that will wear a classic edition jersey last year. Remember, the NBA jerseys under Nike are set up uh, in four different sets. You've got your association edition, which is the um, typical road jersey. Uh, the, uh, the association edition, I'm sorry, the association edition is the typical home jersey, your home whites. The icon edition is the um, typical road jersey, so that would be the the blue jerseys that the Magic currently wear. The um, statement edition is the uh, alternate jersey. That's those are the black uniforms the Magic are wearing. And then of course you have the this year at least the city edition, something that reflects their city, and those are your Magic in space uniforms. Some teams also got to wear classic uniforms this year. The Pacers wearing their Hickory uniforms, those were classic edition uniforms. The Hornets wore their teal throwback uniforms as well. Those were classic edition uniforms. So several teams got to wear those classic editions. Um, the mini, the Los Angeles Lakers wore their Minneapolis Lakers jerseys against the Magic up in LA. Those were classic edition jerseys. So next year, the Magic are slated to be one of the seven or eight teams. I think it's seven to wear their classic edition jerseys, and they will don the blue pinstripes, the original blue pinstripes, not from starting from the 1995 season, the jerseys that became their regular road jerseys in 1996. Um, these are classic jerseys. I, I, I think I, I think that the, 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 the original jersey set from 1989 to 1999 or 1998, I think were the best jerseys that the Magic ever wore. Uh, most people would agree. They're probably one of the most iconic jerseys in the 90s. The blue jersey, the blue pinstripe jersey, I would venture to guess, is the best jersey in Magic history. Fight me on that. I think the blue jersey is the best jersey in Magic history. So I am a big fan of this move. I'm happy that the Magic are doing this. I'm happy that the Magic are getting in on the Classic Edition jersey. It's always good to see the pinstripes back in action they are just a great jersey. I'm sure Nike will make them look very slick. Uh, the mock-up that Conrad did for SportsLogos.net looked fantastic. Um, always good to have this that that font back. I love the font. I love the star for the A. I, I just love everything about those jerseys. And so um, those jerseys will be back. What what I find interesting about this, though, and it's clear why the Magic are wearing this jersey next year. The 2018-2019 season, of course, is the 30th anniversary of the Orlando Magic. Alex Martin spoke a little bit about that during the Tracy McGrady Hall of Fame induction uh, last or two weeks ago now. Um, he pretty much said that, you know, we will be celebrating our 30th anniversary. And so I imagine the Magic will do something special for the 30th anniversary season. Wearing these jerseys will be one of them. 
Uh, I'm sure that they will have some other goodies planned. There's always rumors when you get to a big anniversary, and I think the Magic are at a turning point with their front office and with several other things. I think the Magic are kind of at a turning point um, where they might consider a redesign. Um, It wouldn't surprise me if they're looking to freshen up their jerseys a little bit. Um, if anything, just to wash away the last six years and, and just get some new, get a new look to to kind of make everyone forget about that. Um, you have to make these plans in advance, so it wouldn't necessarily coincide with maybe a high draft pick. But yeah, we're entering a new era of Magic basketball. I think it would be I think it would be nice to maybe have a new look, change some things up a little bit uh, with the jersey with the jersey look. Um, but at the same time, I think that the Magic's current jersey set is perfectly fine. I know people that don't like it. I personally like it. Um, I think it's a good callback to the original to the original pinstripes while still giving it a modern look. Um, these are the jerseys that we wore, or that the Magic wore when they went to the 2009 NBA Finals. Uh, but you know we're at the 30th anniversary season, so I think we could see see a little bit of a rebrand, a little bit of some change um, in the jerseys. But we don't know. I don't have any information to suggest otherwise. It's been rumored. It's been discussed, but. Um, definitely something that could happen here uh, as the Magic get going. The next little news nugget I want to talk about is to give a hearty and deserved congratulations to Grant Hill on his induction into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. For the second straight year, the Orlando Magic will have, I think it's actually the third straight year because Shaq went in three three years ago now. Um, well, for, in whatever case, the Orlando Magic will have yet another alumni a prominent alumni, head into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Now, I've called Tracy McGrady the first Orlando Magic Hall of Famer for good reason. I think that when people think of Tracy McGrady, they think of the Orlando Magic. It's not That's, that's something you can't say about Shaq, and that's certainly something you can't say about Grant Hill. Still, Grant Hill getting into the Hall of Fame, I think is, it's not something to celebrate for the Orlando Ma- for Orlando Magic fans, I think it's well-deserved. I think he earned it really with the way he played at Duke, the way he played early in his career with the Pistons, and really the longevity of his career and the impact that he had on the game. People forget just how good Grant Hill was with the Pistons because his seven years in Orlando were filled with so much frustration. He just couldn't stay healthy. When he was on the floor, he was great. 16 points per game. I think he had five assists per game. Um, in the 200 or so games he played in a Magic uniform over seven seasons. But he only averaged about 30 games per year with the Magic. And unfortunately, that's not going to endear you to fans. Um, I I think the Magic have a weird relationship with Grant Hill, uh, or Magic fans at least have a weird relationship with Grant Hill um, because of the injuries. Um, I think there are some false narratives out there about him. A lot of people... Think he should have taken less money to stay um, after that contract was up. Um, the, the truth is, the Magic didn't want him back. They wanted to move on. Uh, both parties did. Um, I, I think that a lot of people felt that Grant Hill didn't try hard enough to be on the floor. Um, that's not true either. He literally nearly died trying to push himself to get back. And if you don't know the story, uh, he suffered an infection on the operating table and nearly died on the operating table over one of these injuries. Um, in fact, I would argue that him trying too hard to come back, to come back quickly, is the reason why his injuries persisted. He never really let them heal. Um, you know, there, there, there's, some, there's some reports, of, some other reports about it. But 
Um, I, I think Grant Hill gave his all for this team. Uh, I'm celebrating his Hall of Fame induction. Um, you know, I think the Magic are part of his legacy, and and you know, when when we get closer to Hall of Fame induction time in the summer, I'm sure we'll talk to Locked On Pistons and and have a conversation about Grant Hill, just like we did with Tracy McGrady um, last summer. Uh, it, it, it's it's definitely a um, definitely a, a, a bittersweet what if for the Magic. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about it with McGrady. Um, McGrady and Hill would have been a killer duo in the, in that Eastern Conference, especially. But um, it's a bit of a what if with that duo, and a bit of a what if for his career, especially in Orlando. Um, but again, it's a basketball Hall of Fame, so it's not just his NBA. If it was just his NBA, he would not have gotten in, I think. But what he did at Duke was significant. What he did with the Pistons was very significant. And when he was with the Magic, he was an All Star player. He was a very good player. Uh, and I think that that you know, unfortunately, the Magic didn't get to experience that at a at a high level. But a well-deserved trip to the Hall of Fame for Grant Hill. And, and so I congratulate him. I'll let you decide whether to congratulate him in our discussion starter later on today on LockedOnMagic.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to close today's show out. Um, I feel like, if you follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily, um, I feel like I get into a lot of the same arguments with people. And it's something I've addressed on the show before, so if I'm repeating myself, if if you're tired of hearing me talk about this, I I apologize that I am I'm repeating this this again and again and again. But um, you know, as we get to the end of the season now, as 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 we get to the end of the season, uh, I I, I want to continue to address this and, and continue to uh, set my intentions uh, and my approach to this issue, to this difficult, frustrating issue that the NBA is trying to figure out, that that everyone's trying to figure out and trying to work around and ignore or be naive about. Um, but it, we're not naive. I know what's going on, and, and I'm not totally against it. Uh, I'll be clear on that. I, I've, but I feel like, like all things, it seems, in society today, Everyone's getting very polarized. Any challenge to their point of view, and, and I, I hope I'm not guilty of this, but I might be, and that's why I feel like I have to address it. It, it feels like everyone's kind of gotten into their corners and just wants to be angry at at anyone who disagrees. And and so I think it's I I think it's important to do two things here. One, I want to apologize to anyone who's listening, who's interacted with me online, on Twitter, that feels like I'm getting angry with them or I'm frustrated with them online. Um, I've had a few conversations with people where I feel like I've crossed my line in my role online and on Twitter. Um, I, I feel like my role is to further discussion. 
is to is to moderate discussion. It, it, people have been frustrated with me sometimes for taking the devil's advocate position, which I do tend to do. I know people online have been frustrated with me for not necessarily making my views known all the time. Um, and again, it's because my approach is I want to be more of a discussion moderator and discussion starter. I, I, I a lot of me wants to listen to you. You're the audience. You're who I write for. You're who I podcast for. And so I happen to have my own thoughts and my own analysis and 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 do and, and have some access to the team. So I, I always feel like I don't like I know that because I have this platform, my opinion means something. And so I, I try to reserve expressing it when it feels appropriate in the conversations that we're having. I don't want to be the first one to say the Magic should fire Frank Vogel. I don't want to be leading that pitchfork. I don't, by the way. And I'll exp- that, that, that'll be a podcast later on. That's, I don't think that's a today podcast. I'm clearly opinionated. I clearly have opinions on things. But my goal is to listen to everyone. I engage with trolls. I, 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 I know I do. And there are people that, that do work just to rile me up. And I engage with them because my belief is their point of view is as valid as mine. I, just, I, I might be able to get into more people's ears, but I'm truly trying to listen to you, my audience. And, I wanna under, and the reason why I talk about tanking so much and, 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 you know, my opinions evolved on it. But the reason why I talk about it so much is because that's what everyone's talking. That's what everyone's telling me they want to hear. That's what we're discussing time and time and time again. My point of view on this issue was at one time just like a lot of people's. Like I, this last rebuild, I felt that the Magic were doing things the right way. They were... Losing games, building up a stash of draft picks, and looking to grow incrementally. And I said, this is an ambitious project from Rob Hennigan. I like the idea behind it. I will still say I like the idea behind his his development plan and his growth plan. The execution of it was terrible. And if that's the path the Magic are going on right now, I'm, I'm behind it. I don't mind it. Where I come from now and where... So, let's, let's make this perfectly clear. And a lot of these arguments I have, and I'm trying to acknowledge it and, and, and acknowledge it exp- explicitly. Tanking, and the way that a lot of people define it, is not a bad strategy. It is a rational strategy that has worked for several teams. This, everyone brings up the Sixers a lot. It worked for the Sixers. However you want to describe doing it the right way, they did it. They got lottery luck, but like I'll say in a minute, I, I think their their success is more than lottery luck. And they were willing to take a lot of pain to get where they got. Let's not let's be perfectly clear. They were terrible for five years. Purposefully terrible. And those fans accepted it. And I think the frustration in Orlando is certainly the Magic have been terrible for five years. 
and have nothing to show for it, which is perfectly reasonable reason to be frustrated. So the frustration I feel for Magic fans, I am here today on this podcast to validate that frustration, to say, you are right. And tanking, however you want to define it, losing games the rest of the season, solidifying draft position is a rational response and is a reasoned, deliberative strategy to get where you want to go. And that's ultimately drafting a star player, building up a young asset, building up a young player, building up a young core to eventually compete for a championship. Or at least get back into playoff contention. You are not wrong. In fact, I would argue you are right. I agree with you, and I don't think we disagree there, honestly. This Magic team we're watching right now is bad. I've been saying it for a long time. Really, ever since this started picking up a lot of traction. This Magic team is bad. They're going to lose a lot of games. They don't need help to do it. Where I differ a little bit, and it's a very minute difference. I really believe it's a very minute difference. Where I differ, perhaps, is that I think there's a second piece that this team needs to work on. When I look back at how the Magic failed over the last five years, I've called the Jacques Vaughn hire the original sin. The Sixers hired Brett Brown, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, and I I bring it up a lot on Twitter. I believe Brett Brown is the key to the Sixers' success. Yes, they got in talent. But that talent came into a positive growth environment because of the work that Brett Brown did. And when you watch the Sixers play, no matter how little talent they had on that roster, you knew you played the Sixers. One thing we've complained about with this Magic team as they've grown, as they've gone through whatever iterations they've gone through, is that they lacked any kind of identity. We could not say what kind of team the Magic were trying to be or what kind of team the Magic are. The roster didn't make sense on as a start, but their play style didn't make sense either. And a lot of that, I think, gets traced back to Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn was a babysitter. And so, when the Magic brought in a Scott Skiles, when the Magic moved on to a new coach and said, it's time to start taking steps forward or we expect to make progress, the Magic expected it to be linear. Experience equals progress. That's not how this game works. And so I think what I learned, what I've taken away from from the last six years is that the culture you build, the environment that you build to develop players matters. And you can have, the Magic had rotten lottery luck, but you can have high draft picks 
the Magic drafted 2nd, 4th, 5th, 11th, and 6th in the last five years. The 2nd and 4th pick should get you a decent core. Victor Oladipo and Aaron Gordon, maybe that, maybe the, um, the Magic probably gave up on that too quickly. But that should give you something. That should give you some hope, right? It's not that the Magic didn't have opportunities to get, maybe not elite players, but star-level players. It was their failure to develop them, their failure to put them in an environment to succeed, a a failure to put them in a situation to grow that ruined things. More than anything else, the environment was bad. The culture was bad. And it's take it's going to take a lot to root it out. And so having gone through this five-year stretch of just absolutely rotten lottery luck, my response to that is, you know what? I get it. You, you finish with the worst record. You have a 25% chance of winning the top pick, a 50% chance of landing in the top three. I get what the odds say, but I'm not basing the future of my franchise on a coin flip, especially in a draft like this where I fervently believe player three through seven is about the same. Sure, you'd rather have your pick of that group instead of being left with someone that you may not like perfectly, but it's largely out of your control whether you succeed. And so if I troll you which, which I've done, and say, you never know, this could be the win that wins you the lottery. That's both a true statement because last year, the Magic missed out on the lottery by three wins. If they would have won three more games, they would have climbed to number two, number three. And that gets you Markel Fultz or Jason Tatum or whoever. So, who knows? And so, my biggest point that I try to make here is control what you can control. And right now, that's the culture. Now, throwing a wrench into this is, is Frank Vogel's future. No one knows if he's going to be around. It's My my instincts are telling me that, that they may move on because there's, where there's smoke, there's fire. And that noise is not going away, and it seems to be getting louder. And so, I don't think what the Magic have right now. I don't think it's re- I don't think it will get the most out of whoever they draft. That's honestly that thought is the most depressing part of the whole situation. It's, it's the belief that not only are you not attractive for free agents, but you don't believe you will get the most out of the players you draft. You could be drafting, honestly, the Magic could draft number one. And I'm not sure they have a positive environment for whoever comes in. There is no game-changing, culture-changing player on this in this draft. That I believe in. I don't necessarily agree with Tracy McGrady a few weeks ago when he said there's no superstar in this draft. But there's definitely no LeBron or KD or just player who transforms your program simply by stepping through the door. 
And it's going to take a couple years to build culture. Because it takes consistency. And so part of me right now is just saying, let's focus on what we can control. And the magic, the magic can control the habits they start building for whoever stays. And the expectation level they set for their franchise and for their players. So that players who come in here don't just go through the motions. Don't give in the, at the slightest bit of adversity. Those are things we've seen the Magic do for several years. And it's something that has to change. And so my point at the moment, my point at the moment is to say, why not change them now? Why not start that change now? It might be little, it might not be impactful, but I think it'll mean a lot more over the long run. And so that's my perspective on things. That's where I come from, and I, and I hope I've made that clear. It's not that I think you're wrong. It's I, I prefer a different approach. I have said this since the very beginning of this rebuild. When you have the chance to win, you need to win. The expectation still needs to be you will get wins when they come. And I, for one, and, and, and you know, this is where I think I've gotten myself into trouble. I, for one, will not apologize for this team winning or be upset when this team wins. We've had too few wins. Winning is good. I get that it hurts the lottery chances and that the effect may be minor, if not barely noticeable. But I do think it matters still. Having said that, this Magic team, especially the way they're playing now, is not going to burn off seven straight. They may win Tuesday. They may win Wednesday. But they're not winning anything meaningful. They're not going to string together three wins in a row and really screw things up. They're going to steal a win here or there. They're good enough to win a game. They're not good enough to win a bunch of games. That's been proven already over 70 70 games this season. And so, I fully recognize that, yes, this team is tanking. I might be late to that party. But watching them the last two outings, this team is, is, is just trying to get to the finish line. I'd like to see another win, maybe a, a, a couple wins before the end of the year. I'm not expecting much. But again, like I said in my preview section, what I expect is to play to a standard. Play hard. If your shots aren't going down, doesn't matter. Play hard. If they beat you, get beaten despite your effort, not because of it. And that's why I think the last two nights have been especially disappointing. Because the Magic got beat this because of their effort not despite it so again if this rant went on a little longer than I wanted to but again if I have come across a little snarky and combative I apologize that's not my role and I need to be a little bit better on that I have a different perspective I have a different thought about this 
but I understand. I want to make it clear that your approach, the tanking approach, is perfectly valid, and your frustration is valid and and absolutely warranted. Magic fans everywhere should be frustrated. And the good news is we are having these conversations. We are trying to figure out why this team went so so wrong so quickly. And more importantly, we're all invested in their growth back to what we hope will be a championship contending team, but at least relevancy. We are in I I will say this so much, and I'm gonna hopefully have a guest after the season ends to talk a little bit about magic fandom. I could not imagine Magic fans sticking with this team, going to games, engaging online the way they have now. I could not imagine them doing that in the 2000s. In the 2000s, the team was about to move. They were. Because of just pure apathy. And that was a playoff team with one of the best players in the world. It still boggles my mind. But fandom has grown up, and I think fans do care. Or there's enough fans that care to be engaged right now that when the team does start winning and people start jumping back on the bandwagon, and again, those fans are always welcome. When people begin to invest again because this team is winning, the Amway Center is going to be rocking. And so keep asking these questions. Keep engaging. I'll try and be better. Try to be less combative. And we'll get through this terrible season together and get into next season together. And hopefully a much brighter future. I went on a little bit longer than I wanted to. I apologize for that. I said this would be a quick episode. It wasn't because that was a 20-minute rant. Um, But I want to thank everyone for indulging me that uh, and tuning into Locked On Magic like you do every single day. Um, If you haven't already, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. It helps us climb the rankings. Let's everyone know what a great podcast we have. Uh, and and to find us if they're looking for the Orlando Magic on iTunes, they should be able to find us. But the more five-star rate rankings you get, the better it is um, for the podcast and for the rating system, I think. So be sure to do that if you haven't already. You can, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at omd. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic, as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. You can, of course... Also find us for discussion starters and more information about today's episode of, of Locked On Magic on LockedOnMagic.com. So be sure to check that out too. It's a brand new site that I'm running and running some experiments with. So, um, you know, you can tell me what you think about that as well. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Again, I'm here for you. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Of course, you can also check out our parent site for the latest on the Orlando Magic. Check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Coming up later today on Orlando Magic Daily. We will be uh, highlighting some of the positives, some of the silver linings, because we are optimists sometimes, Uh, some of the silver linings to this season. So be sure to check that out from one of our newest writers, Gene Racine. Until then, though, the Orlando Magic take on the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time over on Fox Sports Florida. We'll have a complete recap of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then... For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rosenreich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.